0: This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now, from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson.
1: What's going on? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Happy Tuesday and happy Pelicans game day. I'm Daniel Sellerson here from the Smoothie King Center. Getting ready for tonight's preseason game number two between the Pelicans and the Pacers. As you know, the Pelicans won their first game on Saturday against the Dallas Mavericks in Bozier City, 106-92, and hope to carry that preseason momentum into tonight's game before the team heads to China tonight, and we'll face the Rockets on Sunday morning here. I think it's 6.30 Central in the morning, but nonetheless, Pelicans and Rockets from China, two games there, and then they'll finish up um, in a couple weeks the preseason against the Hawks in the Magic. Week 4 in the books for the NFL as the Giants fell to the Minnesota Vikings last night 24-10. to The Vikings continue to look good without Teddy Bridgewater, without Adrian Peterson, Sam Bradford making that offense look easy. The defense continues to shine and the Vikings now one of three teams to remain unbeaten at 4-0. The others, Philadelphia and Denver. So, good news on the Saints front as they went into the bye week with a win, 1-3. They'll be off this week. And then uh, we'll face the Carolina Panthers in the big game next week uh, at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome on October 16. So our Tuesday show, our tradition continues today as we'll talk Pelicans, preview tonight's game with Jim Eichenhofer from pelicans.com. And, of course, hope your fantasy football teams played well and you won last week. But if not, no worries. More advice from Jake Seeley from rotoexperts.com, part of our fantasy focus presented by Campbell's Soup. So we have a lot to get to today as we'll talk fantasy football and Pelicans. And just a quick show reminder, no show on Friday. We're going to take a little bye week break since the Pelicans will be in China and the Saints will be on the bye. So no show on Friday, but we'll have a show tomorrow and Thursday. All right, let's get to it. Up next, Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com followed by Jim Knoffer from Pelicans.com and then we'll wrap things up here from the Smoothie King Center. Stay with us. This is the Black and Blue Report.
3: From
2: sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us October 26th through 30th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of fresh, delicious 100% natural chicken. All to raise money for Friends of Children's Hospital. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit sandersonfarmschampionship.com for tickets today.
0: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson.
1: Welcome back to the show. Hope your fantasy team did okay this week. If not, don't worry. Jake Seeley is here once again from RotoExperts.com, part of our fantasy focus presented by Campbell's Soup. Jake, hope your fantasy teams did well, and thanks for joining us again.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I, I came away with a nice 12-2 and record this week. Another bounce-back week for
1: me. That's good. I went 1-1. One one. I have a 3-1 team and a 1-3 team, so one of those needs your help. So I'm going to rely on you okay. today. Um, but I'm going to start with Tom Brady because I know a lot of fans, not only fantasy owners, but NFL fans are happy for Tom Brady to be back. So one, how does Tom Brady's return affect his fantasy value and also the players around him?
4: I think it's a great matchup for him to come back to. Obviously, Tom Bray is a QB one. If you waited all this time and you have him, you don't bench him. You immediately plug him in your lineup. He's one of the best quarterbacks in football and in fantasy every single year. So I'm not too concerned about, oh, he's going to come out of the gate slow. It's not like he was hurt. He was just suspended and it's a completely different situation. I think, obviously, it helps everybody. Julian Edelman can get back on track to being a wide receiver, too. I actually look a little bit deeper because Gronkowski, we don't know 100%. Maybe there's a little bit more there is his injury that's being led on. So that's kind of speculative. You assume Gronkowski is going to get better, but I think there might be a little bit more to it to say it's a definitive situation where, okay, we can just say Gronkowski is the best tight end again. So I'm looking at more of Chris Hogan and James White because Chris Hogan is the second leading wide receiver on this team, even with, a hodgepodge, a quarterback situation, no receptions last week, and yet he's still the second-best wide receiver for the team. I think Tom Brady can take advantage of that. There's a reason they signed him is they need somebody across from him, and he's been dropped in a lot of leagues. He's somebody you can need wide receiver help, especially if there's a buys you can grab. And then same thing for James White, the running back position. No, he's not Deion Lewis, but he's hanging out there in most NFL.com leagues. And, again, PPR would be the ideal situation for him, but he's somebody that's good. They're going to pass for him. That's what they always do with Tom Brady, and James White could have some sneaky value for you.
1: Good to know, good to know. Another guy having a nice year right now is Matt Ryan, who's leading the league in passing yards. His buddy Julio Jones, uh, just 300 yards, no big deal, on Sunday afternoon. Is uh, Matt Ryan here to stay as a legit top five fantasy option?
4: I I don't know. I, I, I can't say top five yet, just because, you know, this is the real test the next two weeks at Denver, at Seattle – that's huge. I mean, that's talking about the fact that Matt Ryan probably wasn't your QB1. Actually, I would almost bet he wasn't your QB1. He was probably paired with somebody like a Cam Newton or even a Ben Roethlisberger or Andrew Luck. So you probably have a quarterback that has a better matchup this week, especially with the buys. I know there's a lot of Drew Brees owners that have him, and so you're going to play him this week. But you got to say, like, top five right now is Brees, Carr, Roethlisberger, and Cam Newton along with Ryan. There's no Andrew Luck. There's no Matt- Matthew Stafford who started off really hot. Aaron Rodgers isn't up there. And there's a few more names. Russell Wilson's down the list. So to say that he's still going to be there at the year's end, I think is a little. If you would have told me top ten, I would have said yes. If top five, I think is a little tough to swallow. And I think we're going to get a real picture of if Matt Ryan's having a breakout season or not because these two next weeks are going to be tough to start him.
1: Are you concerned about Eli Manning, or was this just playing against a really tough Minnesota defense?
4: The Minnesota defense is the best in the league. I think that, look, they already shut down Cam Newton and Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what really people expected Eli Manning to do, anything different. So he had two 300 yard games in weeks two and three. He had three touchdowns in the opening game against Dallas. You look at the two 300-yard games and you say, okay, you're throwing for 350 and 368 yards. Where are the touchdowns? So you knew that they were going to come just by positive regression going back to the fact that you're throwing that much. You should have more passing touchdowns. So I expect him to be a bounce back. I think that he's a good buy low if you're looking at a quarterback situation. I think it could happen as early as this week in Green Bay, and we're talking about a team that before their buy just gave up almost a combined 400 yards to Marvin Jones and Stephon Diggs in back-to-back weeks. So, this is the week that probably Odell Beckham gets back on track, too.
1: We probably don't talk about the tight ends as much, but I remember a couple of weeks ago you told fantasy owners to pick up Kyle Rudolph, and I was one of those guys, and he scored a touchdown three straight games, so I appreciate that. So let's talk about the tight ends for a second. Who are the top tight ends right now?
4: I would say, obviously, Gronkowski, if he's healthy. We all know that. Jordan Reed is the other option, and then Greg Olson was always Those kind of the triumulative of tight ends when we're Mm -hmm. heading into this league but Kyle Rudolph deserves to be a top 10 tight end and somebody you're starting week in and week out Eric Ebron as long as he's healthy is in that conversation Jimmy Graham you've got to feel good for this guy at this point for the fact that there were so many concerns about that knee we've never seen that many people come back from it and have success Cadillac Williams was the poster boy for our best best case scenario before this and now Jimmy Graham looks like a top 10 tight end again so He's there in the conversation, and then you have some fringe guys who are going to bounce around, like Kobe Fleener, Julius Thomas, Dennis Pitta, but those are kind of more the fringe ones, the ones that I just mentioned with the Rudolph, and actually Kelsey, too, I forgot about him. Kelsey, Rudolph, Bram, and Ebron, I think those are the guys that you can rely on week in and week out. And Obviously, uh, Delaney Walker, if he can get healthy, but Delaney Walker has been banged up so far this year. That's his, that's his biggest problem.
1: All right, so we don't have any Saints talk for this week because we are uh, the Saints are going to go on their bye week. So let's end with um, our traditional waiver wire pickups. Give me two or three uh, for fantasy owners to maybe pick up here in the next couple of days.
4: Yeah, if you're, if you're Drew Brees owner, I would go right after Brian Hoyer. 300 passing yards the past two weeks, two touchdowns in each of those games. Now he gets the Colts on tap. There's your option for if you don't have some of these quarterbacks we've talked about. At running back, if you're Mark Ingram owner and Jordan Howard's already scooped up, Uh, You can look to Terrence West if you need somebody just for this week. I'd rather have Kenneth Dixon if I'm looking long-term for the most upside and the highest ceiling. But Terrence West had a great game last week. I think he's still the lead option again this week, even if Kenneth Dixon is active. I don't think they're going to give Kenneth Dixon the majority share right out of the gate. Uh, And then, obviously, Bilal Powell. By the way, Matt Forte, we haven't heard the real story. One person reported he was on the cart headed for Mm x-rays, and we don't know what's going on. This should be the scare. This should be the heads-up. Do not let somebody else get below a pallet if you own Forte. So uh, he's a must. And then to give you an option if you're at wide receiver, I mentioned Chris Hogan. But Robert Woods, the, the situation with Sammy Watkins is he's out, and Robert Woods, is the, you know he hasn't capitalized on his talent and opportunity in the past. But if he's going to be on the field for 90% of the snaps now with no Sammy Watkins, any receiver seeing that amount of volume is going to have some value.
1: Always learn a lot when Jake Seeley comes on the show. That's Jake Seely from RotoExperts.com, part of our Fantasy Focus presented by Campbell Soup. Jake, I appreciate the info as always, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday.
4: Sounds good. we got to get you on a winning track in that other league.
1: Man, it's just up and down, up and down. I know. It's because I have Andrew Luck and Eli Manning who have struggled the last few weeks. So,
4: Oh, well then I don't blame.
1: Yep. <laughs> Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com. When we come back, we'll talk Pelicans with Jim Eichenhofer. Stay with us. This is the Black and Blue Report.
2: Don't miss any of the New Orleans Pelicans action this season. Pick the four games that are right for you. The Pelicans pick four plan presented by Domino's. Guarantees seats to see Anthony Davis and your New Orleans Pelicans take on the biggest names, including matchups against Golden State and Cleveland. Packages start as low as $40 and come with a free medium one topping pizza from Domino's. To pick your four games, visit pelicans.com today.
1: Gatorade, for athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future.
4: Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day.
0: Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old, with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up.
3: Sometimes cancer patients come who were told they were out of options, but auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances.
2: We're always a step ahead, even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference.
4: Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866 Auctioner or visit auctioner.org.
0: We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report.
1: All right, time to talk some Pelicans on this Tuesday. It is a game day, so for the first time this season, Jim Offer from Pelicans.com will join me on a game day. And, Jim, it's it's nice to have these conversations, and it's a home game day nonetheless. Glad to be back at the Smoothie King Center.
5: It's great to be back in the arena. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are. this will be their first chance to see these guys play in person, so I think people are, are excited for this game. First First opportunity to see Buddy play in a game here, so, yeah, it should be a good night.
1: I know obviously we've talked since uh Saturday's game obviously you were on the call with me. Um I talked with Sean yesterday about Saturday's game, but in your in your words, how would you describe Saturday's win?
5: I thought it, I thought it went really well. I mean, there were definitely they definitely had some complaints internally about defense, especially transition defense. Gave up a few easy baskets to uh Dallas here and there during certain stretches of the game, but overall I thought you had to give them maybe a B-plus or an A-minus for the performance overall. Um, shot 57% from the field. You'll take that every single time. Um, so they, I thought they were really good offensively. I mean, for the first game with a, a group of a, a lot of new guys, I mean, that that was really, uh, really a nice job they did.
1: And some of those new guys stepped up. You had Terrence Jones, who had a nice night. Etwan Moore had 19 points. Buddy Healed put up 19 points. Um Solomon Hill didn't really put up the numbers offensively, but still you could see his defensive presence shown in the win. I mean, this is what we got some of these new guys for. Are you intrigued by how the new guys fared on Saturday?
5: Yeah. I mean, pretty much like you said across the board, it was it was positive stuff from almost all the new guys that played. Um, I was really impressed with Terrence Jones. You could see his versatility and the many different skills that he, he brings to the floor. Um, Etuan had a really good start offensively and kind of kept it up through the whole game um, Buddy was great I mean I think Buddy had as as good of a, of a debut as you could ask for so so yeah for the for the new players on the team and for people who are w- going to watch tonight that's definitely something to keep an eye on but I feel like the first uh, illustration of what they can do definitely came out really well
1: Coach mentioned the defense, and you mentioned the defense is probably maybe something that was their biggest concern from Saturday. What part of the defense was the biggest concern? Was it transition? Was it communication? Was it, I mean, basically I'll have you answer that
5: question. What was it? Yeah, those first two things that you mentioned, um, transition defense, I don't think it was a problem the whole game. I think there were just certain stretches, including the beginning of the third quarter where the Mavericks were able to get some open threes and some runouts, and that was that was a something that caused the Pelicans to call timeout and and talk about it. Um, Defensively, you know, even though, you know, they gave up 102 points, I think with the pace that they played with, which they were very happy with how well they pushed the ball and how many fast breaks they got, giving up 102 points is not that bad, especially when you consider the Mavericks only shot 43% from the field, which, again, is another number that you would take every single game the entire season, so... Um, just, just some in general. I feel, I feel like just some, some minor tweaks and some minor things that they want to get better at. But um, even, even in those cases, it, it really wasn't, it wasn't exactly, you know, like a bad performance or anything. Communication wise, the one thing that they they talked about um, yesterday in practice was that they had some situations where you're getting back in on defense and somebody has to pick up the ball, somebody else has to pick up guys on the wing. And whoever basically is furthest ahead of the court, you have to pick up that guy regardless if it's your man or not. You can't have situations where you're saying to each other, okay, well, I'm not getting that guy because it's not my man. So that was basically one of the the small issues that cropped up in the game. But also something I think that you improve as you have more time together, especially with so many new faces.
1: Let's talk about tonight a little bit as the Pelicans will take on the Pacers. And I don't want to disrespect anyone on the Mavericks, but the level of competition on the Mavericks wasn't the greatest – on Saturday night as the Mavericks sat for their five starters. He had a lot of D-League guys. He had a lot of Summer League guys. Is this going to be a better chance to kind of see how um, this team will fare?
5: I think so. I mean, it's it's hard to get a complete read in terms of what the minute allotment for some of their key guys are going to be. But, I mean, just based on looking at their injury report and seeing that really of their of their key, key guys – the only only one who's listed is out is Miles Turner concussion protocol, and Aaron Brooks I think is going to be a pretty significant guy for them too during the season. He's listed as questionable, but they don't we don't see the long list of players not with the team players resting that we saw for the Dallas game. So, from that standpoint, I do think that you could get a better gauge on you know the the, the Pelicans, some of their new players, the team overall because you you probably I don't want to assume too much because you never know in preseason, but I do think that we could see a big chunk of the Pacers key guys. They have a bunch of new players themselves. It, it, their, their, um additions were really some of the best, better ones in the NBA in terms of pretty like bigger name guys like, you know, Jeff Teague and, and Al Jefferson and Thaddeus young. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do try to play their main people a ton. I mean, obviously a ton more than Dallas did. They, the Mavs didn't even bring some of those players to Bolger city, but um, I wouldn't be, that's, you know, it's, it's definitely a possibility that the Pacers, put some of their their main lineups out there a little bit more than what you'd see in preseason
1: what about the pelicans rotation for tonight i know alvin has basically said don't really look too much in rotations he's going to try to uh, mix and match different combinations um he talked about ad probably being limited tonight but will we see some of the guys that potentially didn't play on saturday play tonight and do we see any different rotations than we did last night or on saturday or is it too hard to tell
5: i think it's a little hard to tell because um Elvin Gentry hasn't really gotten into that too much in the last couple days. The one thing that we do know is Anthony Davis said this morning right after shoot-around that he expects to play about the same amount that he did in the, the game the other day. The other He played 12 minutes basically on Saturday, so should be about the same. I think it is possible that we'll see some of the guys who only played the last two or three minutes of the last game a little more tonight. But, um, I mean, he has to juggle so many different things, and even though there are three guys that are not available right now. You still have, I think, 16 players of the 19 that you have to figure out how to get them on the court, and I know he said that, Elvin Gentry said he doesn't like to just put guys out there for a couple minutes. If they play, he wants them to really play, so um, it'll be interesting to see what 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 happens, but one of the things that I'm definitely keeping an eye on, too, is as we talked about a little bit on Saturday, um, it seems like he's kind of gone with a different a, a couple pairings of, of guards in particular where he's had Langston Galloway and Etwan Moore have played a lot together and then buddy Heald and Tim Frazier have played a lot together talking to um specifically etwan and Langston I feel like those guys already have a good feel for each other and they they really like the results that they've they've had so far in terms of Just getting familiar with each other, and and they, you know, each one's been able was able to score really well, and Langston also did some of that in the game Saturday.
1: All right, so you kind of uh, got my next question already, talking about what you're going to keep an eye on tonight. You mentioned the rotations as far as the guard play, but is there a particular player or a particular thing that you are going to keep an eye out on tonight against Indiana?
5: Um, maybe maybe defensively. I mean, you're playing against, you know, as we said, we don't want to disrespect the the guys that the Mavericks had on the court, and. And that kind of thing but there were a lot of guys there's absolutely no doubt that played in that game that will not be playing in the NBA this season or won't be on the Mavericks at least based on how many other good players they have but I'm curious to see and I think the team will be this will be something they look at tonight as well if we do see a lot of like Paul George and Monte Ellis and some of these Jeff Teague these guys that are really dangerous scorers how much better the Pelicans can play on defense and if they can you know hold some of these guys down if as a team they can improve their communication and be in the right spots and and do a do a better job maybe a little bit than they did Saturday at the defensive end but this time against guys that are bona fide people that have averaged 15-20 points a game over NBA seasons in the past
1: all right that's Jim I can offer from pelicans.com you can follow him on Twitter at Jim underscore I yes it is all right and of course follow him all day um, he'll have all the updates throughout the game and of course we'll have a an update before the game and an update after the game as well and jib i appreciate it and i don't know if we'll speak to each other next tuesday because you're going to be all the way across the world
5: yeah i think i might have to sit out next tuesday but i'll i promise two weeks from now i'll I'll come back strong with a good effort on the tuesday show safe travels to
1: china we'll look forward to some of your interviews which we'll have on the black and blue report we're not sure when based on the timing but we look forward to seeing what all you write and do with uh, the team in China. Jim, I appreciate it. Enjoy the game tonight.
5: Thanks a lot, Daniel.
1: All right, we'll wrap things up next on the Black and Blue Report.
2: From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us October 26th through 30th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun, And of course, lots of fresh, delicious 100% natural chicken, all to raise money for Friends of Children's Hospital. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit sandersonfarmschampionship.com for
1: tickets today. Gatorade, for athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future.
0: It's Pelicans Game Day. This is the Black and Blue Report.
1: Yes, it is a Pelicans Game Day. Pelicans and Pacers tonight from the Smoothie King Center. 7 o'clock tip-off. You can hear it on 99.5 WRNO locally. Again, no television, so the only way you can uh, check out the action without being here is on 99.5 WRNO. Sean Kelly, John DeShazer on the call. And uh, I'll have Pelicans warm-up for you starting at 6.30, game at 7.00. And then I'll have a post game for you afterwards, recapping hopefully a Pelicans win here in preseason play. Should be interesting to see what Alvin Gentry does as far as rotations. Al, he said Anthony Davis will probably play the same amount as last game, which was around 12 minutes, 11 to 12 minutes. So we'll probably see AD for that amount today. You might see some of the guys that didn't play on Saturday play today. And uh, who knows? But this will be another good test for the Pelicans against Indiana. So 6 30 Pelicans warm up and a 7 o'clock tip. Hope to see everyone out here at the Smoothie King Center. Big thanks to Jake Seeley and Jim Offer for uh, coming on today's show. Tomorrow we'll have uh, Wesley Wednesday, our first one of the season with David, as Sean Kelly will be back in the hosting chair, and then we'll have some reaction from tonight's game as well. All right, hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday. See you tonight at the game. And until then, I'm Daniel Salarson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report presented by abc insurance agencies a better choice for insurance if all goes well we'll be back tomorrow tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com follow your teams direct from the source the black and blue report